Hello, and welcome to UDL in 15 Minutes, where educators discuss their experiences with UDL. I'm Louie Lord Nelson, UDL author and leader. Today, I'm talking with Jeremy Rostan and Beth Stark, co-creators of Ludia, an AI tool to help educators around the world apply UDL to their lessons and learning environments. Welcome to you both. I'm so glad you're here. Bonjour. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Louis. It's an honor to be here with you. Oh, thank you so much. I am beyond excited to have you guys talk about Ludia, this brilliant AI tool. It's focused on UDL that you guys have co-developed. So before we talk about the tool, though, I'd like for you to introduce yourselves. So please share your background in education, how you came to know about UDL. I come from a, a fairly traditional educational system, which is the, the French system. So I was only introduced to UDL once I moved to the U.S., to San Francisco. That was about 15 years ago. And so at the same time, I was introduced to UDL and to technology. And the, the two might seem very different, UDL and, and technology. But actually what we're doing is going back to the very origin of, of CAST, which is the, the Center for Applied Specialized Technology. And you, Beth? I'm Beth. I also went to schools that were very traditional. And after many years in the States, I now call Germany home. And my career as an educator began as an itinerant teacher of students who were blind and visually impaired. And I began learning about UDL in graduate school when a lot of my coursework was focused on the, the power of assistive technology for learners who had disabilities. So after a few years of being an itinerant TBI, I moved overseas and served as a learning support coordinator at an IB international school for 16 years. And now I'm a full-time educational consultant specializing in UDL implementation and inclusionary practices in international schools around the world. Wonderful. So thank you both. So before we get into the specifics about Ludia, I'd like to provide the listeners with some clarifications about AI, but we'll be narrowing the conversation about how AI is used in Ludia. So some Ludia myth busting, if you will. The first myth is AI is hard to use because you have to find the right questions. So who wants to tackle that one first? In, in a sense, it's true, right? So when I give PD on AI, uh, I always try to explain, if you were to think of a, of a graph, one axis being how complex your prompt is, and the other axis is how good the output is. I always explain, the more complex your prompt, the better the output is going to be. That being said, the beauty of Ludia is that the way we have designed it and pre-programmed it, it does not require the user to do any kind of prompt engineering. We've done that work on the back end for the user. Instead, what we've created is a process, we call it the 4T process, where the user tells Ludia what they want to talk about, then think with Ludia, so they tinker, they will then tweak the output and they really use Ludia as a thought partner, as a chat partner, because we've been doing the sort of programming and prompting. Okay. I am so excited about the tell, tinker, tweak, transfer. I think that's fabulous. And it helps clarify, I think, for everybody what's going on essentially behind the scenes, what's going on in the back end. And I think for some people that 
might make AI feel a little safer. So thank you. The second myth is I can't depend on the information that will show up on my screen. That is both true and false. We want people to look at the guidance that Ludia provides as reliable, but the goal is to enhance, not replace our own intelligence as educators and instructional designers. So we created the 4Ts process, as Jeremy mentioned, which is tell, tinker, tweak, and transfer. Because again, our goal was to amplify the wisdom of educators and offer Ludia as a thought partner to guide them when they're navigating what we all know are very complex factors that need to be considered when identifying and reducing learning barriers. Excellent. A third myth, Ludia is only going to be appropriate for uses in the U.S., across Europe, or other locations with digital resources in the classroom. Right. So actually, Ludia will very rarely, if ever, suggest solutions that are AI or even tech heavy, right? Ludia tends to, by default, assume that you don't have that much technology available in your classroom. Now, if you do, you can indicate that and the bot will take that into account, but it does not make that, that assumption. The way it works, Ludia is also does very well with multiple languages. It will proactively ask about the cultural background of the student and the user. But you, you can interact with Ludia in many languages. You can ask your questions in many languages, and you can respond in, in many languages as well. Now, I know that both of you have taken this out into the field and you've experienced other educators utilizing Ludia. And from that, you've actually learned some things. And I think it's important for people to understand that this is an iterative process for you too. As creators, I think there's a misnomer in the world that, oh, it's AI, it's completely independent of human touch. And once it's created, there it is. So maybe describe some of the things that you've learned since the release of Ludia and some of the updates you've already done. Well, it's important to really focus on the fact that Jeremy and I stand next to Ludia and we are the faces of Ludia. And we want everyone to know and understand that um, this was a project that we collaborated on as fellow educators and we are always open and asking for feedback from fellow educators so that we can improve the experience of people all over the world who have already engaged with Ludia and also try to encourage more people to engage with Ludia. And some of the small changes that we've made since launching Ludia about a month ago is that we now have a definitely a, a much more conversational pitch and people will not feel as overloaded by the amount of answers that are generated by Ludia. What has stayed the same, and one thing that we're really excited about, and we get a lot of positive feedback about, is that Ludia will always allow educators to follow multiple pathways. So we used UDL in the design of Ludia, and we wanna make sure to honor all learners. and allow people to have options at every turn. Excellent. Excellent. Jeremy, do you have other thoughts? Right. As Beth said, it's very important for people to know that we 
stand behind Ludia and make changes when and as necessary. So one example would be making what we call negative demands, meaning giving instructions to Ludia so that it does not mention certain things or uh, use certain expressions. So based on feedback, for instance, we made sure that it should not touch on topics such as learning styles, but we, we don't want to for people to confuse, uh, which if you're not very familiar with UDL might be a, a common misconception that UDL is the same thing as, as learning styles. So we went and sort of baked into the prompt that it should not use this expression or this uh, frame of mind. Excellent. Yeah. Great examples. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example of how I have introduced Ludia to people. You guys can tell me if I'm like gone the wrong direction. And then maybe if you want to share an idea that you have. So what I'd love to do is we co-create the prompt. And then I have some people put that prompt into chat GPT. And I have other people put that same prompt, identical, into Ludia. And then we compare what shows up. And the beauty of it, of course, is that Ludia is helping people think about how are we lowering these barriers? And number two, the strategies that are suggested come from the mindset of how are we going to, again, lower barriers, but how are we making this accessible to all learners versus that same prompt in chat GPT, while there's a plethora of suggestions and strategies, and really I found that most of them are pretty good, it's just a list of strategies and you don't know why you're doing it. So anyway, that's a strategy that I've been using and it's been really well received. So I'm just curious if you want to share any of the strategies you have used. So you gave a very good example because what you're doing, which is exactly what we are hoping to see, is what really, or is one of the way Beth was instrumental in making this a success. I do not have the same level of expertise that she has. So I, I to be honest, I tended to see UDL very sort of technically as a set of you know, guidelines, checkpoints, and strategies. And she was instrumental in making sure that Ludia would be designed in a way where it would help the user develop appropriate mindsets and engage with UDL as a way of thinking and not just implementing specific strategies. Adding to that, we want to see Ludia as both a thought partner for identifying and reducing barriers for learners, but we also want people to feel comfortable engaging with Ludia as learners themselves. So if, for example, a person is listening to this podcast and has very little understanding of the system skills and beliefs of universal design for learning, we would encourage them to share that with Ludia. And what they will receive in return is entry points for them to explore and learn more about universal design learning, but at a level that's appropriate for someone who doesn't have a lot of previous knowledge. So Ludia also grows with you. And when you engage in a conversation with Ludia, you can also come back and Ludia will prompt you to come back and share how things went and whether or not you want to work more on the question that you initially engaged with Ludia about. Okay, my last question is, first it's a comment, then it's a question. So I 
know that you have created this tool so that it can respond in multiple languages. There are individuals from across 104 countries that listen to this podcast on a fairly regular basis. And so I'd love to hear you guys talk about that a little bit to help our listeners who are maybe not in English-speaking countries think more about how they might approach Ludia, which I think is going to be the same, but I'm just tossing it out there. I think we should start this conversation by sharing that our goal in creating Ludia was to make universal design for learning as universally accessible as possible. So we want to demystify this idea that you have to have a really strong skill set or you have to be highly fluent in English to really take advantage of what Ludia has to offer. And also, it's free. If you download the Poe app on your smartphone, for example, you can also have Ludia there with you at all times. Right. And the way we have developed Ludia, the language model that it's based on, is one of the best in terms of being able to process input and generate outputs in many different languages. So it, it will perform very well in the languages that have the most data out there, so English, Spanish, German, Russian, all those languages that, have, that are sort of data-rich, they will be very, very seamless. But we found from, from users that it actually performs fairly well uh, in languages that are not as data-rich, such as Dari that is used in, in Afghanistan, for instance. Excellent. Thank you very much. This is going to be so informative for people. I know they're going to be so excited to go out and look at this. Before we go, I'd love for one of you to speak the address. We'll, of course, have it in text on the website and in the materials. But if one of you would speak the address, that would be great. Sure. The address is bit.ly forward slash capital L, capital U, capital D, capital I, capital A. Fabulous. So it is a bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash, all caps, L-U-D-I-A. Wonderful. Oh, I can't wait for everybody to try this out. And I'll let everybody know that when you're on that platform over on the left-hand side, I haven't played with it on my phone, but anyway, there is a way for you to leave feedback and that feedback goes to Beth and Jeremy. So please, please, please do that. They love hearing from you. They take it to heart. Of course, they're excited to hear what people are doing with it and how enthused they are, but they love questions. They just love all the feedback. So please send that to them. They would love it. So Beth and Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited for everybody to hear this podcast. Podcast. Thank you so much, Louis. Thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. So for those listening to this podcast, you can find supplemental materials like an image montage with closed captioning, that montage with audio descriptions, a transcript, and an associated blog at my website, which is the udlapproach.com forward slash podcasts. And finally, if you have a story to share about UDL implementation for UDL in 15 minutes, you can contact me through the udlapproach.com. And thanks to everyone for your work in revolutionizing education through UDL and making it our goal to develop expert learners.